Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane. That's right, I'm back for one more episode right here at Christmas time, 2019. I finished working on my new audiobook version of The Legends of Indian Narrows, Ghostly Childhood Memoirs. It should soon be available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes, so be sure to give it a try and listen to yours truly telling ghost stories from his old neighborhood. So be sure to check that out. I'm glad I got that finished and was able to come back in time and record one more episode for you wonderful people for Christmas time. It's good to be back. So, a lot of wonderful things happening here at the end of the year. Uh, as I've mentioned in my prior episodes, my latest novel, Crimson, The Blood Painting, is available on paperback and Kindle. You can get it on paperback at Amazon, Books a Million, eBay, wherever books are sold. Or you can get the Kindle version, or you can just go to my website, myhaunteddolls.com, and buy yourself an autographed copy of the paperback. If you're into audiobooks, we've just finished completing the audiobook version of Crimson the Blood Painting, but done by the wonderful voice actress Lynn R. Thomas. It's going to be wonderful. Be sure to check that out. It's just about to be released here, hopefully before the new year on uh, Audible, iTunes, and Amazon, so you can go give that a listen if you love audiobooks. Uh, perfect for your holiday traveling to listen to, or if you're a truck driver, or just you like sitting around listening to audiobooks, be sure to check it out. She does a beautiful job of her performance of the book. And then, of course, like I said myself, I did my own performance for The Legends of Indian Narrows, so two audiobooks coming out for me. I'm looking forward to that. Very happy. So here we are at the end of 2019. This is going to be the final episode. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'll go ahead and say that. And right after the new year, I'll come back with another episode. So be sure to stay tuned. Stay right here. Don't go anywhere. Don't fly away. Don't be dragged off into the night by those crazy entities that lurk in the forest beyond. Watch out. Lock your doors and windows. Turn off the lights. Well, maybe leave one little light on. And let's get started with our first story. This is going to be some great holiday spooky stories to share with you right here. I can't wait to tell them. So here we go with our first story. It's called, simply called, Christmas Tree Decorations. It was Christmas Eve, and an 11-year-old French girl named Juliette was decorating the Christmas tree. Her mother was working as a nurse at the local hospital, and the two of them lived alone in the small apartment in the suburbs of Paris. Late that evening, Juliette's mother called to say she would not be home until late that night. Juliet continued to decorate the tree with all of the lovely things her mother had bought at the shop. She draped some multicolored Christmas lights around the tree and hung beautiful ornaments on the branches. After placing the angel on top of the Christmas tree, 
She finally finished decorating and sat down to relax and watch TV. Even though she was all alone in the sixth floor apartment, Juliet felt safe as she gazed out across the lights of the Parisian skyline. From her window, she could see the Eiffel Tower and the Champs de Mars. Most of the other tenants in the building had gone home to spend Christmas Eve with their relatives in the countryside. The apartment building was almost deserted. Juliet was growing bored, waiting for her mother to return. Suddenly, she thought she heard a scratching noise at the front door. She turned down the television and listened carefully. There was an eerie silence. Curious, she slowly approached the door and looked through the peephole. To her surprise, she saw a man standing outside dressed in a red suit with fluffy white trim. He was large and fat with a dirty gray beard and wore a red hat on his head. He knocked at the door loudly. Nervous and concerned, she asked through the door, Who's there? It's Santa Claus, the man replied. Let me in. I'm cold and I'm tired and I'm hungry. At this, a chill went down Juliet's spine. She was no dummy. She knew that whoever this creepy man was, he was not Santa Claus. My mother isn't here right now, she said, her, her voice shaking. Please leave. Peeping through the peephole, Juliet watched as the man's eyes filled with anger and his face twisted into a grimace of hate. He began knocking at the door even harder and rattling the doorknob. It's Santa Claus, Juliet, he growled. Have you laid out some milk and cookies for me, Juliet? You know how much Santa loves his milk and cookies. The young girl had a sinking feeling in the pit of her stomach. How, how did he know her name? Then the man began kicking and pounding at the door. She peeked out again and saw him reach into his pocket and pull out a switchblade. He shoved the knife into the keyhole and tried to pry it open. Juliet was terrified. She didn't know what to do. If you don't go away, I'll, I'll call the police, she shouted. All of a sudden, the knocking stopped. Juliet stood perfectly still, afraid to move. Minutes passed, and she started to think that the man might have been scared away by her threat. She slowly approached the door and looked through the peephole to see if the man was really gone. The hallway seemed to be empty. Suddenly, she saw the man running down the hallway with an axe in his hand. Juliet screamed and ran to the closet in a panic. She crouched down and hid behind the coats as tears of fright rolled down her cheeks. 
She heard the boom, boom, boom as the man tried to smash down her door. There was a mighty crack as the front door gave way and the man came crashing through the splintered wood. Laughing to himself, he called out, (laughs) Juliet, my pretty, where are you, Juliet? Don't be afraid. We'll have ourselves some fun tonight. Where are you hiding? The crazed intruder walked around the house, searching for the frightened girl. Juliet curled up in the closet, trembling with fear. She dreaded to think what he planned to do to her. Suddenly, the handle of the closet moved up and down. Then the door began shaking, and she heard the man's voice laughing. Juliet, I know you're in there. Open up for Santa. Open up before I open you up. The man swung his axe and it struck the closet door with a huge bang, tearing into the flimsy wood. Juliet screamed and began crying bitterly. She grabbed a white a wire coat hanger and twisted it into a point. She waited, her eyes open wide and her hands trembling. There was another loud crash and the closet doors gave way in a hell of splinters. The horrible man tore the doors off their hinges and thrust his head in between the coats. He was laughing and drooling like a madman as his huge, gnarled hands grabbed at the horrified Juliet. She held up the pointed end of the coat hanger and bravely thrust it into the man's face. It went straight into his eye. He recoiled in pain, screaming with rage as blood flowed down his cheek. He ripped the wire out of his eye socket and grabbed at Juliet, catching her by the hair. Then he dragged her, kicking and screaming out of the closet. The man pushed her to the ground and held her tightly by the neck, leaning over her. Blood spilled out of his eye socket, splattering all over her face. The mouth twisted into a grotesque smile, and he whispered in her ear, Tonight, you will be privileged, my lovely Juliet. I've got a list, and I've checked it twice. I'm here to decide if you've been naughty or nice. You can scream and scream and beg for your life, but naughty girls get the axe, and nice girls get the knife. It was after midnight when Juliet's mother returned home. She saw the front door hacked to pieces and rushed inside to look for her daughter. Gazing around at the carnage, her eyes struggled to take it all in. Then, she began screaming in absolute horror. The Christmas tree was decorated with Juliet's entrails, and her severed head was perched on the top. And that was the story known as the Christmas decorations, Christmas tree decorations. 
Kind of a bloody Christmas story, don't you think? But hey, don't ever... Well, I was going to say don't ever open the door to strangers, but it sounds like this stranger opened up the door himself with his axe. But I can say this, never leave your children at home, even teenagers, by themselves, because you never know what might happen. Either what mischief they might get into, or what absolute terrifying mischief might make its way through the door onto them. And now for our next spooky holiday story. As you know, I am a haunted collector. I do have several, many, many hundreds of haunted dolls and items in my house. So what Christmas would be complete without a nice holiday story about a creepy, scary, possessed doll? And that's what we're about to hear now as I start the story that we call Purple Fingernails. There was once a little girl who had a large collection of dolls. One Christmas, she saw a doll in the window of a department store that she absolutely had to have. It had long, flowing blonde hair and a lovely blue dress. But the thing that impressed her the most about the doll was that it had lovely, bold, purple fingernails. When Christmas morning came, she was delighted to find the doll with the purple fingernails lying under the Christmas tree. She played with it all day, and when she went to sleep, she put it on the table at her bedside so it could be near her as she slept. That night, the little girl was awakened by a strange noise. It was still dark outside. She looked over for her doll for comfort, but it was nowhere to be found. The girl, puzzled, got out of bed and walked into the hallway. The door to her parents' room was ajar, and she pushed pushed it open softly to look inside. Her parents appeared to be sleeping soundly as she went back to bed. In the morning, she awoke, and she saw the doll with the purple fingernails was sitting on the table by her bed, exactly where she had left it. She assumed that she had just been having a bad dream, but when she went into her parents' room that morning, she found them both lying dead in a pool of blood. There were two purple doll fingernails stabbed into their hearts. Do you think the story ends there? I don't think so. For there's more to this story. Some years later, there was a married couple who had three daughters. The oldest was 15, the middle one was 12, and the youngest was 7 years old. For Christmas, the oldest daughter asked for a laptop. The middle daughter asked for an iPad, and the youngest daughter asked for one simple thing, a small, beautiful doll she'd seen in the nearby second-hand store, a doll with the most amazing purple fingernails she'd ever seen in her small life. On Christmas Day, they all unwrapped their presents beneath the Christmas tree. 
The oldest and the middle daughter received what they had asked for. The youngest daughter was surprised to receive her purple finger-nailed doll, all nice and prettily wrapped under the tree. It was so cute, so amazing, she couldn't do without it. She took it everywhere she went that day. And for the next two days after, even setting it by her bedside when she would go to sleep. But unfortunately, a few days later, the young girl disappeared. The next Christmas, the oldest daughter asked for an iPad. But the middle daughter asked for that beautiful purple fingernailed doll in memory of her little sister. And that is exactly what she got under the tree on that Christmas morning. Unfortunately, two days later, the middle daughter disappeared. The next Christmas, the last remaining daughter asked for a clown puppet in memory of her younger sisters. Two days later, when Christmas came, she unwrapped the package but was shocked to find not the clown doll that was asked for, but the same lovely doll with the purple fingernails. Two days later, she as well disappeared. Not a trace was found of these girls or how they disappeared until sometime later the parents became very poor, very depressed, and they were forced to sell their furniture for money. One day they went into the attic looking for something else they could sell. There, in a dark recess, they saw the doll with the purple fingernails. It was sitting on a throne made from lollipop sticks, and arranged all around it were the severed heads of the three missing girls, their eyes missing, the sockets replaced with purple fingernails. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, next time you're going through the store, especially the second-hand store, the thrift shop in your local area, and you spy a doll with purple fingernails, for the love of God, leave it on the shelf. Don't take it home with you. And that was the purple fingernails. <laughs> well, it looks like we got time for one more creepy Christmas ghost story. This is a really creepy one. It's kind of spawned off of a few urban legends. You might recognize uh, part of the story as being featured in some other types of urban legends. And it's always that, that particular house, that strange house, that's not what it seems. This story is called The Carol Singers. The Carol Singers My grandfather was a drunk And my father was a drunk But I never touched a drop There's a reason for that A very good reason When I was young Times were hard And I grew up poor My grandfather and my father Never did an honest day's work In their lives Granddad wasn't good for much, but he played the clarinet like an artist. 
He taught my father how to play the accordion. Every Christmas, they would gather a group of their friends and go from door to door playing Christmas music, singing Christmas carols, and begging for money. Afterwards, they would all go down to the pub and spend it on alcohol. One Christmas Eve, they brought me with them. I was too young to play an instrument, so they handed me a triangle and told me to strike it every now and then. The night was dark, the snow was falling, and a cold December wind cut through us like a knife. We kept our heads down and trudged through the snow and the sleet. Eventually, my grandfather stopped and said, This looks like as good a place as any. We were outside a big mansion, decorated with Christmas lights. My grandfather knocked on the front door, and we began to play some old Christmas carols. The door of the house swung open, and in the dim light I saw a young woman standing there. She was holding a tray of glasses in her hand. With a smile, she picked up a glass and held it out, inviting one of the men to drink. My grandfather rubbed his hands together with glee and took the glass. Just then, I looked up, and in the window above, I saw a face peering out of the shadows, a face that was hideous beyond words. I looked back at the woman in the doorway, and suddenly her face was hideous too. Before I could stop him, my grandfather put the glass to his lips and knocked it back with one big gulp. Oh dear, said the woman in an eerie, childish voice. You've just drunk blood, sir. With that, the door slammed shut. My grandfather stumbled backwards and the glass fell from his hands. It shattered with a deafening crash and he collapsed in the snow. I don't remember much after that. All I recall is waking up in the light of dawn and finding myself lying in the snow. The other men were lying all around me, just waking up themselves. My father got to his feet and rubbed his head. The woman had disappeared, and the house was boarded up and abandoned. All that was left was a dark red stain in the snow where the glass had broken. My grandfather lay there in the snow beside it, his face all purple and swollen. He was as dead as a doornail. We hurried home that morning and called the police. They picked up my grandfather's body and brought it to the mortuary. My father told them what had happened, but they didn't believe a word of his tale. They said that the house had been vacant for over 100 years. After that night, my father was never the same man again. He never let another drop of alcohol touch his lips, and he made sure I did the same. And that was the story of the carol singers. Very creepy, huh?
I've heard a few urban legends where someone has visited a, what looks like a beautiful home or mansion only to find the next day that it's nothing but a boarded up or even a burned down building that they were in spending the night with ghosts. So that was my Christmas entry for 2019. I hope you enjoyed those spine-tingling little stories to help chill your Christmas time and your New Year as you ring it in. I've really enjoyed this year with you all, and I thank you so much for tuning in and, as always, for your support. You are an amazing audience. And I hope you have a wonderful Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Be sure to light those fireplaces and stay by the warmth of the glow of the light. Keep those mugs of cocoa or nutmeg warm or chilled, however you prefer it. Sit around and share a few good creepy ghost stories or two, for one of the old traditions of Christmas was always to share ghost stories. So it always has a place at Christmas time, just like any other time. So have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And of course, for the love of all humanity, have Happy Hauntings. Ha <laughs> ha.